Blonde Bob's calling the police. She lives, laughs, and loves, but not with you. And she needs to speak to the manager. Today, we're talking about Karens. I'm Chaz, he's Britt, and this is The Furious Curious. So Karens, Britain. Oh my gosh, yes, Karens. So I I will I will out of the gate, I will say we probably both know a Karen in the sense of the actual name and then the sense of the type, right? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say we are we are talking in we are indulging in stereotypes here today. Safely, I think. And but we're just fascinated by this the, the phenomenon of this type of person and why why it's kind of trending right now too i think hopefully we can unpack that but um you know i was thinking chuck like i remember you and i i think it was maybe on mcf like there was this there was a meme that was like nobody is born a karen they earn it they become one yes which i found pretty pretty funny yeah I mean, it's it's hard to argue with and, and i would also just outside of knowing a karen i would say a tiny little karen lives within each one of us it is perhaps uh, most readily seen when we give in to our most whiny nature, our yeah. most, um, you know, gripey, you know, knee-jerk reactions at any given time. So I, I think it's interesting that it is having a moment in culture, but I, I also think the way it's been defined is a little fast and loose. So, mm. so how how do we how would you define it, Brent? So I, I went to you know as I always do, I just kind of jump online to see what what who's talking about what and how it's being talked about and cnn said uh it's a placeholder for speaking about the casual racism and privilege exhibited by some white women and then i found um this this uh professor at georgia tech uh andre brock and he he basically said this has been like a term kind of thrown around in in various communities not in the public lexicon quite yet until now but it's been kind of thrown around in, in different communities for a long time. So he said, and I quote, black folks had names for white people who wanted to, to be in charge, but didn't actually have control over them. And then he went back to actually, he had this historical context. He said, quote, Miss Anne is an example from the time of slavery. It was the name for black slaves would use specifically to refer to white women who wanted to exert power over them, but they didn't actually have that power. He said so he goes on to say names like karen becky becky's another one as an act of resistance by black folks he said puts the name to a behavior and acts uh, as a way to gain solidarity over this injustice so uh that was kind of his take i thought that was kind of interesting that there is there was kind of this kind of eye roll historical context to it which i found pretty interesting that the more things change the more they stay the same right unfortunately so that was that's kind of that was one definition I thought that was kind of really kind of interesting. But you had you had another one I think it was uh, dictionary.com. They had yeah, the, yeah there's, there's a couple out there, and, and I thought yeah. Vox has a really interesting piece on it uh, where they they call it a Karen as a pejorative catch-all label for a wide oh, range yeah. of behaviors thought to have connections to white privilege. Another one is uh, Karen is a mocking. This is for dictionary.com. A mocking slang slang term for an entitled, obnoxious, middle-aged white woman, especially as featured in memes, which I think is very important, which we need to discuss. Karen is generally stereotyped as having a blonde bob haircut, asking to speak to the manager, and voicing complaints 
making demands and being a nagging, often divorced mother from Generation X. There are so many things to unpack there. <laughs> and I, th I think Gen X is an incredibly important one that we can jump into. By definition, technically, it's racist, it's sexist, it's ageist, it's classist, but there's no real you know, systemic oppression here. So I think that's why it's a safe topic. But do you want to talk about behaviors? It's quite easy, and you know, we, you know, we talk about Karen as being a, a middle-aged white woman, but the you know, using pejoratives to take a dig at middle-aged white men and other other sort of unfavorable tropes that exist in society is not a new thing, as you talked about. I think where it has really received a a shot in the arm is in in the meme culture, where mm -hmm. where people it, it's very easy to see a, an obnoxious driver getting road rage, an obnoxious right. customer like crapping on their poor helpless manager, making mm -hmm. unreasonable demands. I think a as a as a species, we can all agree that some of the behaviors associated with Karen, you know, un you know, um, oppressing the helpless, being mm -hmm. unnecessarily mean to people, mm -hmm. uh, just being generally, generally jerky, I think we can all agree and you know we know the internet loves to pile on so i think in that sense karen has become a victim to her own sort of um you know negative behaviors ne things associated with her what, what's your take on that so i think this this kind of broke into the public lexicon a lot of people were saying that dane cook this comedy routine that he did called the friend nobody likes he was kind of the first to bring this to you know to a, a heightened level of consciousness so i think you know when we talk about what's the strike point of really this becoming something more than just subculture. A lot of people say it was this this Dane Cook comedy routine, which I have not seen, which I now kind of want to see. But yeah, I think, you know, you're talking about different behaviors, you know, people, women who who lord over, you know, their entitlement and privilege over people, you know, who act inappropriately, rudely, like you said, there's a lot of memes and TikToks about that right now, uh, or in, you know, act entitled, you know, the more recent stuff, like aggressively enforces quarantine, mean to essential workers and hourly employees, hoards essentials like toilet paper. <laughs> that's That's been like a big one. And then the, uh, another thing I found is like, I guess a tactic is if they don't get what they want, they start to cry. A lot of people were saying that. Uh, and they're also associated with calling the police on minorities. This is barbecue. Becky was probably, is probably the biggest one where that happened in Oakland in 2018. She's notorious for getting the wrong meal at Applebee's. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And the, and then you've got the, of course the classic tight Bob that they can't, what they call the, can I speak to your manager with your manager <laughs> haircut, which really provides a helmet to this whole situation, uh, which I find really interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, so that that's, those are the, those were my observations. And then some of the observations that I've seen out, out in the cybersphere. However, you know, I, I was a, I was an hourly or I, I was a server. I worked at this really awesome place as a server and a bartender called, um, Johnny's Italian Steakhouse in Middleton, Wisconsin. My favorite job ever for sure, by far Lit, worked there for like five years. And that this was a Karen there, this was a Karen Haven. You know, every <laughs> oh, okay, every, yeah, totally. <laughs> every Friday, Saturday night, sometimes Thursdays, and sometimes they would come. You know, they talk about what's what's a group of Karens, Chuck, right? A complaint, you know, a complaint, yeah. right? You know, there's a Congress of owls, a flock of seagulls, but Better a group approach. of Karens is a is a complaint, right? So we we would get them all the time, and you get a couple, uh, you know, lemon drops in them, and boom, 
you know, off to the races, ab- let the abuse go. And I just, you know, even in my mid twenties, I had the perspective to know that, you know, they're angry at something. It's not me. I just, I'm an easy target because there's no consequence. Right. Well, so I, I, I got to, I got, yeah, I got to taste the, the, the brunt of the Karen rage, uh, well, firsthand. Get, speaking of bearing the brunt of Karen rage, I, I think I have to address the elephant in the room, my friend. Do you feel yes. that some people are more susceptible to being a Karen magnet or a target for Karen's vitriol more than yes. others? Because I think, I think you might have just made an admission, my friend, <clears throat> that might follow you to the grave, that you are a Karen target. I was. Well, you know, you go back to the essential worker, right? Or we go back to the hourly worker. Well, there's that, but but there's also, and not to, you know, just uh, kiss up too much to you, my friend, but you are at at your core a fundamentally uh, decent human being. So the fact that you could be, uh, you would take the crap from a, 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 you know, a, a a a lick it up Karen and, and take it in your stride. A lot of people wouldn't, right? So I, I feel like you might, you, you know, you, you can take the high road. You're capable of bearing that, um, bearing that weight more than other people who might, who might like escalate it, who might start filming the Karen. You'd be, you can see a Karen in the wild and appreciate the, um, the sport of it as opposed to the offensiveness of it. Yeah, I thank you. I think they identify people who won't talk back. Yeah. Right. Which is why, you know, they're selective customer service. You know, they just know that they're no matter how wrong they are, they're in the position where they have to be right. Right. Yeah. So they'll find those positions and they'll abuse those positions. I think, I think it's pretty clear though, for a lot of the time, everybody kind of realizes what's going on in the moment in the room, whether it's customer service or whatever, or, or, you know, yelling at a bartender or a server for getting the meal wrong or whatever, or even when the meal isn't wrong, sometimes people just need to be angry at somebody, you know, when they're not allowed to be angry at their kids or their husband or their coworkers, they can be angry at, you know, me on a Friday night. So that's fine. I'm happy to surf. Happy to surf, Chuck. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's jump onto the patron saints because I feel like this yeah. is, you know, the, as we mentioned, the internet is littered with evidence of, of Karen-like behavior. Yep. There is a, a great Instagram account called Karen's Gone Wild, which is really just a treasure trove of obnoxious, um, you know, road rage and customer service type abuse. Uh, you know, I, I shouldn't call it a treasure trove because it's actually quite depressing, but it, it really um, it really does capture the, the Karen rage all in one place. So yeah. In your mind, are there some prototypical Karens uh, that who, who are the patron saints of, of Karenhood? Yeah, the uh, Kate Kate Gosselin, you know the the Karen before before Karen was Karen. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's sister. Oh, <laughs> Jeannie. I threw this one in there. Um, yeah, because I, I was trying that. to think. That's you great. know, she was sort of this irritating griper um when you know ferris was obviously the protagonist of that movie and he's sort of this oh, yeah. this mm-hmm. um positive you know slightly mischievous you know teen but genie his sister was the joyless sort of overlord crapping on him at every opportunity possible you know she had probably 30 percent of, of a case but just the fact that she, she had a general bad attitude and was trying to call people out with a whole monitor behavior, I think was, um, you know, becomes emblematic of, of Karen's that we know today. I, I feel uh, like she was a, she was a Karen in training. Yeah. Yeah. K I T. 
Um, yeah, I, I believe Cal Poly is taking KIT classes. Uh, you know, submission. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, I just. And the other one, Jenny McCarthy, and this is an interesting one, just because doing a little bit of digging, mm. um, I found that there's an anti-vax component of, of Karen, where yeah, you know Vox talked about this. I'm not sure how mainstream that is, but I think it is any opportunity to take a situation and to to bludgeon someone else into your beliefs and your reality around the situation mm-hmm. fits quite well with an anti-vaxxer sensibility. So I think it's less about the scientific bona fides of that. It's more, oh, here is something that I can shoehorn into my, you know, my agenda and hope that it actually plays. So that's another one. You mentioned Barbecue Becky, uh, which is iconic as well. Mm-hmm. Then there's that TikTok woman blocking, uh, the, like preventing this woman from parking. That's like that blew up. And she like sits on this woman's car to prevent uh, the parking spot from being taken. That's classic. That's a classic, classic Karen move. Oh, you know, another one, which writing this, I um, and I d- did some searching. So I'm, so I'm not the first one to think about this. Karen, who's um, Henry Hill's wife in Goodfellas, played by Ray, uh, Lorraine Bracco. Oh, I mean, yeah. her name is Karen. And she is, if there is any Karen, sort of suburban, white, griping. But she is prototypical Karen, so I thought that was interesting. Also, the ditzy Karen from Mean Girls is often one that's that's held up. Oh, yeah. Any, in terms of the sonic embodiment, did you have a, a, a take on that, Britt? I was thinking like songs that maybe not necessarily embody the Karen. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on that. I don't know what Karen's like for music. Maybe you have an idea. So I went I went a different direction with with that. What were what were some songs that kind of drop the meme, so to speak, of this Karen type person? So so I think sure. Becky okay. was the was the precursor to the Karen. And then Beyonce's iconic uh You Better Call Becky with the good hairline from uh that album Lemonade is is also, I would say, uh, a name drop of this type. Um, I don't know if you had if you had any Chuck. Yeah, I I don't know why I I don't know why the Goo Goo Dolls was jumping out to me. Um, and Iris because he had a Karen haircut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not far Sorry. off. No, I think it's like just mainstream, unremarkable, melodic. I mean, this with respect, kind of throwaway music. You know, it's not exactly um, critically acclaimed. It's mainstream in the sense that it, it's very accessible to the Karens of the world. And I just, to think any deeper about the subject made me a little depressed. So I'm going to go with Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls. It's a good one. Sorry, right. Johnny Resnick. I, I'm sorry to dish your hair. I love you. I'm impressed you know his name. I used to, I was a big Google Dolls dude back in back in uh, college. No, high school. High school. Yeah. Oh, we all we all make sins in our youth. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. So let's jump into the five reasons why, which is really the meat of the pod, where we mm-hmm. describe the five reasons this is blowing up right now. So the number one reason why that people that the karens become a thing in my mind is that karen is gen x now mm-hmm. sandwiched between boomers and millennials gen x yeah. is perhaps the easiest segment to rag on generationally they're the middle child they're old enough to to crap on not old enough to be seen as ageist so often 
Gen X is seen as the slacker generation. It's seen as sort of mm. lacking, um, you know, the merit, you know, I guess the stoic optimism of the boomers, as well as the the technological savvy and idealism of, of millennials. Mm. You know, Gen X is often seen as latchkey kids. They're seen as, uh, you know, the, the slacker generation think reality bites. You know, the Winona Ryder character in Reality Bites, maybe when she grows up, she becomes a Karen. I, I don't know. But did you have any thoughts on, on Gen X? I would say it's it's not only the easiest, but it's probably probably the safest right now to rag on. But, you know, it's interesting, like the name Karen, is it that people who are of all that, you know, white, middle class, whatever they find. And that was a huge name back back when Gen X were born. But is it like this idea of like Karen was a popular middle class name? That's why there's so many Karens or the ones who are named Karen. Is it like <laughs> to put a spiritual component to this? Is it like this? What the Native Americans believed is that you grow into your name, right? Yeah. So if your name is Standing Bear, that's that's a prophetic claim to your future. If your name is Karen, is this a prophetic claim to your to your future? Yeah, you know, there's actually a there's a field of study, and the name escapes me around that. But there was some breakthrough bit of research a few years ago that people by the name of Dennis, mm -hmm. a that over-index for the career of becoming a dentist, and they were saying just that the similarity, like talk about growing into your name. There are more dentists called Dennis more than anything else. So I, I do, as much as we all laugh, I, I do think there is some like absurd truth and, and and reality in that. You know, you you are you are what you think about. You know, you become what you think about. And if if your name is that of a you know suburban gripey kind of irritating lady, you know, with respect, you'd say that about men as well. Maybe that's what you become. So. <laughs> so the number two reason why, mm. and, and I discovered this term on on in a Vox article, mm. they called it the bourgeoisophobia, which is resentment towards the upper middle class, uh, has been around since the middle class itself. It often comes most strongly from members of that very middle class. And for me, I think there's something kind of interesting about this because when you think of, you know, the the man. With, you know, with the man and the woman with the family, with 2.3 kids that live in the suburbs, wear the pleated pants to work and work in a cubicle. There's nothing street about it. There's nothing hip. It, it's kind of boring and, and being boring is kind of the point. And as a result, like there, there's something, it, it's easy to rag on the concept of boring, whether it's meetings, the open plan office, you know, doing pedestrian things that we don't want to do, going to Costco on a weekend. There is something particularly um you know, it's, it's like shooting fish in the barrel. If you, in terms of you want to mock it, it's very mock worthy. And you know, you and I, we've talked about middle class fancy. I mean, that has made a following and and somewhat of a movement out of skewering the banality of the middle class. And and I think Karen is, I guess, the living the you know the living embodiment of that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think like why the bourgeois behavior, and I think it's like there must be a mentality of like where your privilege and your sense of entitlement exceeds your bank account or actual social status. Yeah. So like, for example, like you go to TJ Maxx expecting sex fifth service and you're pissed off because that's not what you're getting. <laughs> and so, so I think the anger arises from this margin of mentality that is not corresponding to your, your social status or your bank account. And I think that that discrepancy is what creates the anger, I think. Yeah, the bourgeoisophobia, I think, is like totally a real thing. And the middle class fancy is like totally a real thing. I wonder if like, I, I have a question for you in, on this. Is there, 
is there a male version of this? And don't say Rand because Rand is my friend. Yeah, no, I won't say Rand. Rand and Nance are not. I don't think. I don't think they are the Karen. You, you know what? I actually just looked this up because <laughs> there is a. I noticed yesterday uh, th something's going viral. A, a, a bunch of young—you uh, couldn't see their faces. I think they were both—they were young ladies mm -hmm. somewhere. I think it was in the Midwest. They were putting up some R.I.P. George Floyd um, signs, which is very, very sad. And some cyclist—he was like—he was a, the, you know, the male equivalent of of Karen, mm. um, pulling them down. So everyone's saying, "Come on, we need to identify this guy. He's being a jerk. He's sort of attacking these young kids." It was very sad. But the hashtag they were using was. Kevin, and they were, they were basically trying to say that mm. Kevin was mm. the female, the male equivalent of Karen. And I, I actually took umbrage with this because I know so many sweet Kevins, and I, I tweeted about this. I said, couldn't we have gone with a different name? I want to go with Darren. I think Darren represents that sensibility oh, yeah. better. And people jumped all over me. They said, no, no, it's Chad. And I said, hang on, doesn't Chad skew millennial? And yeah. I was quickly pointed to the fact that no, Chad is someone sent me some like census data. Chad is an iconic Gen X name. In fact, it's sort of the zenith of, of Chad of Chad naming for babies is in the 70s. So it's prototypical Gen X. And like it really huh. it has a deep trough for boomers and a deep trough for millennials. The apex of Chad is Gen X. Wow. So I think, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I know I'm just breaking that scoop here today on the Furious Curious. So I hope you all had your popcorn ready to let that detonate in your brain. That, but totally, here we are. that totally breaks my brain because I feel like you and I, with like Midtown uniform, oh. like those are not Gen X guys, right? Like, yeah. If I die. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I'm with like you. Uh, financial district. We're talking about guys of San Francisco or um, New York City. Like, the classic like financial dudes right and they you know they typically typically skew white typically are millennial but they're they're kind of like archetypal label i should say would be chad that's what they use <laughs> but you're saying chad is really a guy's you know the guy's 40 plus well that's what i mean i was called to the carpet on this yesterday wow so like i'm, I'm happy to be wrong and i Even can share the oracle the strategist like you can get it wrong that's that bloom that blows my hair back wow yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm happy Whoa. to be wrong. I'm wrong more than I'm right, but but that was that was that for me. I'm like, okay, cool, stand corrected. Wow. So the number three reason why we think um, Karen came to be is that it's convenient, and we mm. touched on this in terms of the naming earlier. Like, perhaps names are a self fulfilling prophecy, but also I think they're convenient convenient in the sense, and and often in a pejorative way to represent a, a cohort of people. And, you know, historically sort of, I guess, some slurs as, as someone of Irish extraction myself, I didn't experience this, but I says Paddy, uh, Paddy for Irishmen, you know, Guido for, for Italian, you know, Mac mm. for Scottish people. Mm. So, I mean, and a, and a host of other sort of more offensive ones. So it's not great. But in this sense, I think Karen is seen as not a, a group of oppressed people, which makes it sort of fair game. And honestly, one of the few things that the internet seems to be able to agree on, no one likes a gripey person who's griping over immaterial things. This I idea of entitlement and privilege, the complaint as we see it over inconsequential things really just brings that to really puts that on stage. Right. Oh, no doubt so, about it. Um, and you know, I can see her neighbors, right? Nance, Becky, <laughs> Susan, they're all kind of rolling their eyes at her as she's complaining. Yeah. I feel like Nance is often a, uh, 
she's the boomer version of Karen. Yeah, Nancy's a, she's she's a little older. She's she's kind of the um she's trying to get her to stop complaining so much. She's trying yeah. to get her to live, laugh, love, and really embrace it a little bit more. Hasn't you know, quite done it yet. That speaking of which, you know they talk about the the arc of happiness that people experience in their lives. How mm -hmm. they, you know, you, you sort of go up as you you know go through your teens, early twenties, you know, beginning of your thirties, you start to um experience a, a great more happiness then it's sort of late 30s and in, in your 40s as you dip down when you realize oh i i'm not a huge rock star i'm not going to be a supreme court justice i'm not going to mm. write the great american novel and it starts to dip and then when you get out of your 40s and into your early 50s you start to accept that your life is actually not so bad and that guess what perhaps you didn't need to achieve all those things to be happy as a result yeah. you experience a degree of wisdom that comes out of that and you become happy happier so i just want to throw this out there mm -hmm. is nance the more enlightened version of karen that has been afforded that enlightenment through the happiness uptick that she experienced as being a boomer as opposed to a gen xer <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, so so Nance is a more enlightened Karen. I think so. So we, we there are there is hope for a Karen. There is okay. hope for a Karen. Yeah. That's good. That's good news. So the number maybe four maybe she'll maybe she'll change her name to you know what what would be the older shorthand Kit Kitty Care Bear Care Bear. I don't know. Whatever. That's actually from a cake song. <laughs> She's changing her name from Kitty to Karen. <laughs> yeah in short skirt white long jacket uh okay whatever that great oh, is that cake oh the bank yeah yeah. Yeah, cakes. yeah yeah exactly um great so great album name great album names by the way oh indeed they really are uh so number four reason um safe we talked about this earlier um it is it's kind of easy to or it's less easy it's more defensible to go after people who um, are behaving in a way that is not intrinsic to their personality. These are yeah. choices that they've made. These are not things beyond their control, which was sort of totally understandably off limits when um, a degree of sort of mocking and, and, and ridicule takes place. So the fact that Karen is safe because all of them are, you know, um, she has control over all of the things that she, that the obnoxious, behaviors that she commits mm -hmm. uh the, the fact that it's safe that that's the number four reason for me so number five reason is the fact that it is mainstream uh, and mainstream is uncool let's face it and this comes out of the, the bourgeois of phobia um mm -hmm. you know these names like whether it's chad stacy's becky's they used to embody and mock people who conform to these mainstream gender norms and beauty standards mm -hmm. that was actually uh this came out of that vox article that i mentioned and the fact that it's so easy to go after because there is nothing sort of fringe or hip or novel or interesting. It, it's somewhat of a cliche. Mm -hmm. um, so just to okay. recap, we got the five reasons why Karen, uh, Karen is a thing. <laughs> Karen is Gen X, the intrinsic bourgeois phobia that exists. Yep. Uh, it's convenient, it's safe, and it's mainstream. So for those five reasons, we feel Karen is a cultural phenomenon. She is now. I got there. Are, oh, we got a question here. Here's a question. Oh, question maybe. from Baby Cakes Love Muff 2020 says, writes to us and says, Chuck, what would be in the Karen starter pack? 
Oh, okay, interesting. Um, I don't, I don't know how much new territory I can contribute to this, but I, obviously the the blonde bob. I, I want to throw in a fanny pack. Um, you know, nails, whatever nails, whatever you know, those things that people. I get think, I think the, a t- I would say like a classic is the t-shirt with the the light, um, like down vest, the really oh, light yeah. one. Yep. That I mean, depending on the day, I'd say some chacos, maybe. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, especially if there's like a road trip involved. Yeah, like a road trip. Um, I, mean, we, 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 I have to throw in the, a Toyota Sienna. I mean, it, <laughs> it, that's a pro, that's a prototypical like Karen wagon, right? Yeah, Karen, Karen wagon has to be a term. It must be. I did not make that up. Oh, we should explore that. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. We'll explore that. Yeah, and I would say you know perhaps a. Um, like a throw bag for the gym with some athleisure in there. So it really depends on the activities of Karen that day. But I mean, you know, if you had to say what are the prototypical characteristics, I'd, I'd throw in the mom wagon, the Karen wagon, I'd throw in the, the blonde bob, the stonewashed jeans. And, oh, sorry, it would be remiss of me not to mention the rustic ampersand. A rustic ampersand oh, co- and oh. a live, laugh, love decal that exists for maybe the home. maybe some papyrus is that papyrus is that their, font unquestionably yeah that's their typeface right papyrus for sure i mean a classy karen might experiment with baskerville um hmm. but you know and, and an edgy Would karen you say might, baskerville? baskerville baskerville yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. an edgy karen might even go with uh helvetica but that would be sort of a maybe a highbrow karen maybe mm-hmm. an inner city elite karen but still a karen nonetheless so i, I just think it's important to understand the distinction of suburban Karen versus a city dwelling Karen. And that's obviously going to, um, the behaviors of which are going to differ somewhat. A lot of fodder for Instagram here. Indeed. Indeed, my friend. So any other thoughts you had? That's it. So you are, you are listening to the furious curious hosted and produced by me, Britton Rice and my esteemed colleague, Charlie Quark until next time. Stay curious. Out. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we are recording. That's good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I had, I had blonde bobs calling the police. She lives, laughs and loves, but not with you. And she needs to speak <laughs> to the manager. <laughs> that's so good. That's, that's like so good. <laughs>